the powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back. We are broadcasting live here at the Wonder Woman Tech Conference. This is day two. If you missed us yesterday, make sure you go to live, uh, voiceamerica.com, <clears throat> excuse me, live events, and then check out the archives on the right-hand side where we had phenomenal speakers and panelists on our show live yesterday. So again, just to remind you guys, Wonder Woman Tech Conference is really about highlighting, educating, celebrating, empowering women and girls in STEAM innovation and entrepreneurialism. STEAM, as we know, is science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. And how fitting, two of our guests today is Deanna Pomerantz and her husband, Will. Uh, both are in the same uh, aerospace um, industry, just different companies. Deanna is with JPL, Jet Propulsion Laboratory with NASA, and Will is with Virgin Galactic. So I wanted to welcome them on our show today. How are you guys this morning? Excellent. Thank you very much for having us on our in your show. Perfect, perfect. And you also brought along your new baby here, Will, or Owen, I should say. <laughs> Owen, hi, Owen. <laughs> a future space industry professional. Or yeah. astronaut. <laughs> right, right. So let's talk about what's going on in, in aerospace. So what I are some of the latest things that's going on? I can tell you a little bit about what I'm doing. So uh, my name is Diana Trujillo, or Diana Pomerantz. That's my husband's last name. Um, I work currently on the Jet Propulsion Lab as a mission lead, as well as engineering operation team chief for the Curiosity Mars rover. Uh, as you probably know, mm. it is an SUV size uh, rover that we landed on Mars. It's the biggest uh, rover that we have landed on any planet. Mm -hmm. um, we have been there uh, since 2012 when we landed, and uh, we have been doing a lot of discoveries with respect to trying to find out if there was ever any life on the surface of Mars. Uh, we have done around 12 drilling drill holes on the surface of Mars and have found out that there is the chemistry necessary for at some point maybe there was life. So we, oh. we found the building blocks of that. Okay. It is okay. an interesting mission because it carries uh, 10 instruments. It also carries an, a robotic arm, which is uh, six feet long. And it has an RTG, which is um, radioactive uh, power, which means that we don't have to worry about any dust or, or solar panels getting uh, full of dust and power going down. We can keep driving and doing science for at least 10 years or yeah. so. Wow, what was awesome. that? movie with Matt Damon what was that movie the was Martian. it Martian? yeah how yeah. how accurate is that movie <laughs> it's quite fun and he's actually fairly accurate in fact Matt Damon <laughs> went to my office to oh no way Matt <laughs> 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 you got to practice somewhere yeah exactly he went to my office and check out our simulation about how Mars looks like the dust the rocks and that sort of stuff and a lot of the uh, information that they show on the movie with like the imaging or the horizon and mm -hmm. all of that it looks very similar Okay. Okay. So it's fairly accurate. Yeah. Okay. You know, um, I'm really proud of NASA because I'm a, a media guy, right? So I follow all kinds of stuff. I'm really into space. Robert and I, as our drive up here in Phoenix, we're constantly talking about, you know, what's going on in that realm. And um, NASA actually won an award last year for um, their social media presence on Twitter with um, all of the different things that they're doing with the Mars rover. And so I follow that. And like, mm. um, if you guys are interested in that, you have to go check out their Twitter because the pictures and the video and all of the things that they're 
are sharing with the general public as it relates to you know this exploration are absolutely fascinating and very amazing um, and then there's, there's a lot of videos too on the website on you know how they built the rover and you know where they put pieces together and where they practiced before they sent it up into space and it's really cool so uh, definitely go check that out and uh, it's a pleasure to have you guys on today and uh, talk about some of that stuff like I said I'm, I'm a, like uber nerd when it comes to the space yeah, stuff so right uh, really cool right guys so, Will, tell us about um, some of the latest things that you're working on. Sure. So, uh, at Virgin Galactic, I'm part of uh, sort of a newer sector of the aerospace industry, where we're seeing a lot of entrepreneurial companies come in to really complement what NASA and other government space agencies are doing. So, we're not driving nuclear-powered robots with laser eyes <laughs> on the surface of Mars, uh, not yet at least. What we're all about doing is uh, making it as affordable as possible for people to go to space. Mm. So, at Virgin Galactic, we've got two major product lines. One is our human space flight program, which allows pretty much anyone in the world to buy a ticket and to fly so in I space. I think Ryan, is, he, yeah. he wants to it, sign up. It, it, oh, to, Robert and I are ready to go right C now. Come see me afterwards. <laughs> you know, we even take Bitcoin. We'll make it easy for you. Bitcoin uh, but what is the timeline in that? Uh, so we're, we're right now in our testing program for the world's first ever commercial. Yeah, there. You can call it that. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, the didn't you guys just christen a, um, a new aircraft We recently, christened right? our new reusable spacecraft. Uh, it's called VSS Unity, the Virgin Spaceship Unity. And that is an eight fully reusable suborbital spacecraft. So it can take uh, two pilots and as many as six passengers or their equivalent weight and volume in research experiments on a flight that's an awful lot like what Alan Shepard did when he became the first American in space back in the early 1960s. Okay. So th that's certainly one of uh, the program we're most famous for. Uh, mm -hmm. More recently, we started up a project that's actually based right here in Long Beach, California, right down the street from oh. where, where all of us are sitting right now, uh, that is a similar philosophy but a slightly different technology that's used to launch small satellites into space. Okay. So it's not people, it's it's devices, mm -hmm. it's technology. Uh, we can launch something, you know, about the size of a washing machine or, or a dorm room refrigerator into space for kind of single digit million dollars, which is about an order of magnitude less than you could uh, you can get it up there today. We think that's really exciting because that's enabling new types of missions, not only from NASA and other space agencies, which is a really important market from us, mm -hmm. but also from universities and perhaps particularly from venture-backed small satellite companies. There's been a huge amount of interest and also a huge amount of money that's gone into small satellites over the last couple of years is people have realized it doesn't take, you know, a Battlestar Galactica-sized satellite <laughs> anymore. You don't need a billion dollars to do a scientifically interesting mission or a commercially interesting mission. You can start with a, a small amount of money and a small amount of people, right. build a satellite, have it in space a year or two later, be serving nice. customers and making money in the very near term. Okay. And that, that's new for our industry. Well, so, going back to the consumer model, making it more affordable into space, and you said you guys are pretty much on the cusp of having that pilot program, play on words here, pilot program, but are you allowed to say like what the range is right now of what that cost is? Yeah, yeah, so I can definitely talk about it. So to put this all in context, as of today, 555 human beings have ever been in space. That's if you add up everyone from Yuri Gagarin on April 12th, 1961, up through the current crew of the International Space Station. It's just 555, uh, only 10% only of those have been women. It's been a really small group historically. Uh, to date, we've sold about 700 tickets to space so we're really excited about that you know that would be a slow day for one of our sister companies like Virgin Atlantic or Virgin America yeah. but when you're selling tickets to space that's a pretty New York <laughs> exactly uh, the ticket price right now is $250,000 so it's not a not an impulse buy yet 
Um, but given that the next cheapest ticket to space, uh, right now, that last time NASA bought seats through the Russian, they spent about $80 million right. per seat, admittedly for a very different experience. That's for going to space and staying up there for a week right. or for maybe as much as six months. We're only going to space for, for a much shorter period of time. Uh, but it is a, a bona fide space experience. And whether you're going just for fun or you're going to do scientific research or engineering research, uh, it, is, it is the bona fide real yeah. experience. And, uh, and we're really excited to be delivering it to people. So I have a question, too, about, um, you know, these uh, like more public companies like Virgin Galactic and um, and SpaceX, as it compares to like NASA, do you guys are you guys sharing information in any capacity? You know things that maybe Virgin is is learning, sharing with NASA, maybe vice versa to help the community as a whole. Yeah, certainly from Virgin Galactic's perspective, we work with NASA all the time. We've got a really interesting relationship where NASA is actually a customer of ours, but also we are a customer of NASA's, if you will. Uh, we have the ability to go in and if we need uh, something like, say, a supersonic wind tunnel that we might need to test our vehicle, those are incredibly expensive to build. NASA has some that actually aren't being used all the time, so we're able to go in and kind of buy by the drink and buy some time on a supercomputer or in a supersonic wind tunnel. And that means that we're doing things that absolutely would not be possible if not for the ability to, uh, you know, to borrow the old phrase, to stand on the shoulders of giants and, and to work a lot with NASA. Uh, within the commercial industry, we do share lessons. We're a little bit limited by regulations, but certainly whenever it comes to safety, you know, um, we want to make this industry as safe as it can possibly be. We're talking about vehicles that are going, you know, three times the speed of sound, maybe as much as 20 times the speed of sound. So they'll never be perfectly safe. But obviously, we and everyone else have both an ethical imperative and a business imperative to make these vehicles as safe as possible. So whenever one of us has a close call or, or undercovers an interesting lesson, we do our best to, to share that out broadly in the industry. And, and NASA is definitely part of that, uh, that sharing of lessons learned as well. Okay. Yeah, and from the NASA's perspective, um, I mean, space, doing space operations, space science, any of that is hard. So trying to share the information that we all have uh, enables it to uh, proceed or progress much faster than you could actually imagine. Mm -hmm. um, there's many missions that, in fact, we share, for example, on the Mars missions. We have a MER, which is the Mars Exploration Rovers. We had uh, Phoenix also that went to Mars, just to mention a couple, and then Curiosity and all of that. We're doing um, relay operations, which means sending the information back from Mars to Earth through two other orbiters that were also NASA. So you can okay. tell that on that example, we're all helping each other. The right. orbiters are taking images of where the missions are located. The orbiters are sending the information back to Earth. And the orbiters are telling us, for example, hey, something is coming up. There probably, there probably will be like a dust storm, for example. So everyone be careful about it. And all the missions help each other. Uh, when there is things with the sun, for example, if uh, we see uh, flares going on in the sun or radiation increases, we get also information from the sun missions saying, hey, you guys might actually have some blips here and there with data. So we There's are helping each other. It's a lot right. of collaboration. Okay. Yeah. So before we get into the topics of women and technology, um, just on the fun aspect of when you guys are like making it more for affordable for people to go in space, do you guys also do the training part? I mean, if somebody buys a ticket, you yeah. Don't you need some? some yeah, we do. Training? We do. Okay. Uh, I am very fortunate <laughs> to work with. Just sign me up. Yeah. No, I, like, I, I just don't know imagine they're like, "Here's a helmet. Here's your seatbelt. Right. Give right. me write the check yeah. and have yeah. fun." How much training do you need? Like, uh, so for us, what we've chosen or? is a is a is a mandatory period of uh, three days of training. A lot of our customers choose to do a lot more than that just because they think it's a lot of fun and, and they're interested in doing training. You know, as early as possible, as often as possible. Oftentimes, they want to invite maybe yeah. their partner or their mm -hmm. kids or, or whomever else to take part in the training with them. But uh, but the bulk of it is. A, 
is a three-day training experience, um, but a lot of what we've done is designed into the vehicle itself and into the way we've operated. Make sure that it's safe for just about anyone to fly in the back of the vehicle. You know, we have customers who are into their 90s who have been medically cleared for flight. Um, we have customers who are in their teens. Uh, legally, you have to wait until you're 18 years old in order to fly into space, it turns out. Uh, so we have several customers who I guess will have a wonderful 18th, 18th birthday, birthday birth uh, <laughs> which, which seems incredible to us. But, uh, but we put a lot of, uh, of attention, certainly, into designing a training program because we have to do something that is you know, for non-professional astronauts to so get right. to the point where they can not only fly safely, but where they can have a good time. Because mm -hmm. we need our customers to not just come back safely, but to come back smiling and telling yeah. all their friends, that was the coolest thing I've ever done. You, you, you need to buy a ticket for, the, for this as well. We're really fortunate that the, the person who runs that program for us is a, an incredibly talented woman named Beth Moses. She came to us actually from NASA where she'd been the integration manager for all of the, uh, the spacewalks, all of the extravehicular activities that were used to build the International Space Station. Mm -hmm. So she's got a, a wonderful and distinguished career working with professional astronauts. Now she gets to come and bring that to people who, who may be pilots. Um, we actually have customers who have been to space already, but just as many of our pilots are, are artists or authors or actors or yeah. whatever else who come from a very different walk of life uh, and we need to get them in the right mind frame to, to make the most out of their experience right. as well. Awesome, awesome. So Deanna, you know, I see that you, this is the whole family effort here. You brought your son Owen and he's been very, uh, very um, tolerant of us being on the mic here, <laughs> not paying attention to him. Um, so how would you say this, how have you been able to address some of the challenges in being a woman in technology, advancing in technology, but also managing and balancing your role as a wife, as a mother? I think that um, it's interesting because I used to be concerned that I'm, gonna, I'm a woman on a tech corporation or a tech industry and it's going to be hard, I'm not going to have enough opportunities, that sort of stuff, but I think that the landscape is changing quite a bit. In fact, uh, my bosses are all women, uh, my peers are uh, almost 50-50 women and okay. men. Um, in addition to that, because my bosses are also uh, female, they understand that you you know, you know have family, you need to go to the home earlier or go to the doctor's appointment and that sort of stuff. So I think that is changing. The landscape is making it more uh, open for, hey, you need to l uh, deal with life and you also need to deal with work. In addition to that, I mean, the tech cor corporations and the tech industry itself is recognizing that if you keep your employee happy, they will work 24 hours, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, having that flexibility of going home and coming back and maybe working at night or working on the morning, it's there. As you could probably already know, yeah. like Google has food in the office, right? And people, they're trying to do everything possible so that nobody actually leaves the office and pretty much lives in right. their own and office. And them healthy food so. <laughs> to, be, to be efficient and productive. Yeah, yeah so they're, they're putting everything My friends in work place. for Google. Too. Oh, that's great. So the same thing for us is we make sure that people have life, life balance, uh, life work balance. So um, I don't think that that has been an issue for me. Uh, Owen is 10 months now for the people that are on the radio. And uh, my office was very nice with uh, understanding when I was going through maternity leave and when I took uh, time off, they understood that we needed to put somebody in there to uh, take, a, you know, do the work that I was doing, but at the same time, just go ahead. And as soon as I come back from maternity, maternity leave, leave, it was my job was still there, okay. so there was no concern about it. Um, so yeah, I think that there is no. I think that we're changing the landscape so much. What's happening now is maybe we need to change our mentality in yeah. the sense that you don't have to be worried about it anymore. It is not there anymore. You just have to go do it and yeah. not think about well, it. Well, I think maybe for some women, they may not have that opportunity because before 
you know, I'm the host of the You're Not Alone Show on the Empowerment Channel. I used to be an engineer for Intel. Yeah. And I think I was just lucky. I was sharing with one of our guests this morning. I think I was lucky I had the manager. Like you said, your manager was understanding. My manager was understanding. But it wasn't corporate-wide yeah. of knowing what does it really take to have that work-life manage, especially when you have a new family you know, how do you mal manage both right. um, dynamics? It's almost like that culture has to be created. I mean, is there any advice that you would give to somebody who doesn't have that opportunity of somebody having that understanding, that level of understanding? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I think that the reason why I feel like the landscape is changing is because the more specialized you get, the more the, more the, employer, the employer wants to keep you, right? Yeah. It's... Uh, there's two people doing my job and if I leave I took like 10 years to get trained to where I'm doing right now so it is going to be a huge hit for them mm -hmm. so the bottom line for them is you know more money less money more investment that they need to make to train somebody up so mm -hmm. at the same time we have this give and take of hey I need to have a live yeah, by the way you need yeah. me women retention was one of the topics yesterday of you know keeping women in technology what do we do what conversations need to be addressed to that's right have yeah. and I think that is also so from our perspective, understanding that as women, you know, you were alluding to the family, how many times have we been there where it's like the baby's crying, your husband needs something, you need to do something, the office is calling, right? Yeah. So you need to triage and triage and triage. Yeah. And what do you do? What does Deanna do? <laughs> Tell us what you really do. And at the same time, you know, that's similar to the office. You need to learn how to think in your feet and triage everything at the same time. So I think that my advice is more of the fact that um, you shouldn't think that you're different because you're a woman. You should actually think that you are the same as another person. You shouldn't actually put yourself out of the race because you think that, oh, hey, I need more opportunities because I'm a woman. But at the same time, you're actually sometimes hurting yourself by thinking that you're different. So um, I think that my advice will be, you know, uh, do what you like and regardless about if you're a woman or if you're a male or not. And then at the same time, uh, come up with the understanding that uh, maybe what you're doing right now, it's not where you should be. Right. Uh, maybe you need to find another place where your heart is set and then try to find another opportunity. But, okay. you know, well, give us some real life practical examples. I mean, you guys are both uh, working professional parents, you know, with a new new baby. What does is, what is your typical day look like as far as work schedules and, <laughs> you know, being a parent? Yeah, my typical day is uh, I leave home around 715. Uh, my mom, actually, and I should have said this, family is key. My mother is the one that drops me off and then she drops off my son to daycare and then after that I start a tactical operations with the rover at 8 a.m. in where we get all the imaging from uh, all the landscape from Mars that we get the day before and is non-stop meetings until 515. Uh, you know, I have Does it end at 515? Or do you at, bring work home? Because <laughs> that's how it really was. No, it ends at 515, at but after that, I go in on call. So if the, if the spacecraft is sick, I'll get a phone call yeah, in the middle okay. of the night at any time. So it has been 2 in the morning or 3 in the morning when I get a phone call or weekends when we have to do spacecraft safety operations. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that's for me. What, what, about, what about you, Will? <laughs> what is... Yeah, uh, I usually am able to start work a little bit later and come home a little bit later. So I'm on hand certainly to help out with this guy as much as I possibly can in the morning. And we got a dog as well. And you know, all the standard <laughs> household chores that, that need to get done, whether you're a parent or not, um, uh, try and take my full load of those as much as I can. Mm -hmm. uh, I work 
we, we live very close to Deanna's office and not particularly close to my office, so I've, I've got the longer commute, and in order to avoid the stereotypical L.A. traffic, uh, that's why I, I tend to work, work from home a little bit in the morning. Can't Virgin yeah. just I'm pick you up? Like <laughs> a helicopter yeah, or something someday. to make it super someday. easy? I mean, Boy, wouldn't that be nice. <laughs> Boy, wouldn't that be nice. Uh, you know, uh, like every parent, one wishes there were 48 hours in the day, so, uh, so we both have the great fortune of loving our jobs. It's not a chore for us to be in the office, but mm-hmm. it's always painful to be away from this guy for even a minute or two. Yeah. Uh, so I wish there were two of me or twice as much yeah. time in the day. But uh, but we're able to, f- to find it work. And, and like Deanna said, having family around to help, um, you know, is And the is flexibility, too. Well. Like you said, yep. you're able to work from home. I don't know if it's the same with you. Uh, no, I can't work from home. Can you control Rover from home? <laughs> <laughs> I can control some of the stuff from my cell phone, but not all of it. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. All right. It's been a pleasure speaking with Deanna and Will today. Uh, what are you guys looking forward to in the rest of the conference? I'm actually looking forward to meet the speakers. There were so many inspirational speakers, and uh, apparently you can actually go talk to them directly and ask them questions, so I'm looking forward to that. Right yeah, now. and we, we had the great experience. Actually, four of my colleagues spoke here. Um, you know, we had three bona fide rocket scientists, like, Right. No fool, and that, that's what their job description is, and then a PhD astrophysicist. Uh, and so uh, I have the good fortune of getting to work alongside those women every day. Uh, but seeing the, the caliber of, of the other speakers here, like Deanna said, I'm really excited to, to learn from them and to get a chance to meet some of them one-on-one. All right. I appreciate your time today with us on voiceamerica.com. Yeah, guys, thank you for sharing all your information. Appreciate it. Thanks for thank having you, us. Thank you, guys. We'll be back right after this. Stay tuned. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com.